Hello, everyone, and welcome to Making the Grade for the week ending Friday, January 10th, 2019. January 11th, 2019. It's our first week of actually live programming for the main roster as we trudge ever onwards toward the Royal Rumble. Who will announce their entry this week? What new and fantastical fan-requested matches will we see? Let's get on with it. Monday Night Raw. We start hot with Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins brawling towards Gorilla. Interesting. This spills into the arena as superstars and crew attempt to break it up. We get no explanation for this and not a stitch of commentary. And then, suddenly, John Cena's theme plays. Bonus points for a new and different start to the show, at least. Surprisingly, Cena isn't debuting a new color scheme, sticking with the neon green. We then get the three almost half-screen graphics promising Hulk Hogan, a face-to-face with Braun and Lesnar, and Alexa's new talk show. I hope that doesn't continue. Those were kind of annoying. Cena is smart enough not to remove his hat tonight. Perhaps this decision was made in response to the sign in the crowd that says, Cena, cut your hair. Cena then enters the rumble. Snooze. But this announcement brings out Drew McIntyre. Things are improving. Cena does that dumb little thing where he interrupts Drew's promo to make a stupid joke about what Drew just said. It's annoying. Drew is cutting kind of a legend killer promo here, and I am a fan of it. John's response is typical, yeah, that's what everybody says, Cena. But Drew promises to back up his words, and (coughs) seltzer, it looks like we have a match. Until Leo Rush starts running his stupid mouth. He threatens to sue if Seth isn't punished, then he cancels Raw, and then Seth Rollins appears, and the brawl continues. Dean appears to go after Seth, John helps Seth, McIntyre attacks Cena, and then enter Finn Balor. This is a long way to go to set up a six-man tag. Match number one, six-man tag, Cena, Rollins, and Balor versus Lashley, McIntyre, and Ambrose. They made the match during the break. Anyways, Cole says everyone here is in the Rumble. I still think Drew should win. Drew or Joe. I wonder if Balor's wearing undertrunks this week or if we'll see the little fins again. Also, WWE, how dare you deprive me of Finn's proper entrance? I need that dick shoved in my face. Dean appears to be wrestling while wearing a chain wallet. Interesting. John tags in and immediately hits the five moves of Doom. He misses completely on the five-knuckle shuffle, but Dean is kind enough to sell it anyway. A clever spot from Dean countering Super Cena with something as simple as a rake to the eyes. Rollins misses a frog splash that wouldn't have landed anyway since McIntyre was three quarters of the way across the ring. Dean tags in, gets Seth penaltyed, and the faces win. Hooray! Grade B. A decent six man with a lot of quick action. Seth is then distracted because Hunter is shown on the Tron talking to Bailey and Sasha. This makes him angry for some reason, and he storms to the back. Weird. Seth slaps Tripp's coffee out of his hand and demands an intercontinental title match tonight, and Tripp's approves. That didn't take much. Oh, and it's false count anywhere. Sure, why not? Backstage, a racist walks around. The Mean Gene tribute is next. We get a ten-bell salute for Oakland and enter the racist. Oh, sorry, excuse me. Hall of Fame racist. The overinflated orange life raft sends us to a Mean Gene tribute video. It is pretty damn great. I got goosebumps, not gonna lie. Putting personal opinions aside, I thought that was a very touching tribute. Uh, I was worried that they were just using Gene as an excuse to bring Hogan back into the fold, but I think this was handled with class and dignity, and I thought that Hogan's little promo at the end was very appropriate. 
Match number two, Lumberjack match, the Raw Tag Team titles, Glorable versus The Revival. Come on, Revival. Uh, Corey calls the Lumberjack match essentially a human cage match. Corey has never seen a Lumberjack match. Corey then says the job of the Lumberjacks is to break the fall of the Revival when they get clotheslined over the top. Corey has never seen a Lumberjack match. By the way, why the hell is a Lumberjack match the answer for the wrong guy got pinned last week? How are the Lumberjacks supposed to prevent that from happening again? We get another screw job ending as Gable pins Dawson with a roll-up with Dawson's entire left foot underneath and hooking the bottom rope. If this little feudlet doesn't end with a revival title reign, then I quit. Grade C. The match was fine, but the Lumberjacks added nothing. We didn't even get a brawl, and we get another non-finish. More half-screen graphics tell us what's coming up later. Then, for the fourth week in a row, the NXT call-up vignettes. Even I... I'm getting tired of EC3's ass at this point. Elias talks about his past, and then he enters the Rumble. Sadly, he is interrupted by Baron before he can sing his song about Baron. Corbin then enters the Rumble. Match number three, Elias versus Baron Corbin. Baron pins Elias with the end of days. Grade B. Not sure why Corbin needed a win there. Here's the thing about Corbin. I think he's a decent wrestler. He's just not good at character work. Dean is in the bowels of the building, and he is upset. Apparently, Seth regaining the Intercontinental title will cause the end of the world. Enter Braun Strowman. Heyman and Lesnar then appear on the Tron. They then make a duet video on TikTok. Lesnar and Heyman on the left, Strowman on the right. This is your face-to-face. Does creative know the definition of the word face This is only slightly awkward because Strowman isn't looking at the Tron. He's looking directly into the camera. Strowman actually breaks out a pretty decent joke asking Lesnar if Heyman is, uh, sorry, if Heyman's ass is jealous of his mouth because of all the crap that comes out of it. Made me laugh. Lesnar finally succumbs to Strowman's taunting, which Heyman doesn't approve of. Enter, finally, Lesnar. Sucks that Strowman is going to lose at the Rumble. Lesnar does a lap around the ring and leaves. Ladies and gentlemen, the top champion on Raw. I have to give that negative points. That was fucking stupid. Jinder and Alicia are in the ring. She shanties. This is also fucking stupid. Negative points. Jinder goes for cheap heat. Match number four. Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox versus Apollo Crews and Ember Moon. I legit hate that I have to watch this and that Ember is associated with it. Alicia eats an eclipse and gets pinned grade. See, at least it was short. I'll give Alicia this, and I am about to give her credit for something, so I may be dead in a week, but I enjoyed the bump she took off the eclipse. Cole reminds us that the Intercontinental title match is falls count anywhere, so it could end in Disney World. It could even end on the roof. I'm going to guess it ends in the ring. Time for a moment of bliss with guest Ronda Rousey. This show takes place on the stage instead of in the ring. Who does Alexa think she is? Abraham Washington? The show is quickly interrupted by Naya. Fuck. She is predictably terrible. Sasha appears. Naya calls herself a 300.5 ounce Samoan, which is just under 19 pounds. Sasha calls her a bitch and then challenges her to a match. Naya refuses until we come back from commercial and suddenly there's a match. And Tamina's also there. Match number five, Sasha Banks 
versus Nia Jax. Nia just can't seem to overcome Sasha's almost 100-pound weight advantage, tapping out to the bank statement and sending Banks to the title match at the Rumble. Grade B. As decent a match as you can expect from Jax and the correct person won. Match number six, Intercontinental title falls count anywhere. Dean Ambrose versus Seth Rollins. Seth attacks during Dean's entrance. Nicely done. I still find it weird that a falls count anywhere match has to start in the ring. They brawled uh, outside after the attack during the entrance, and then I guess one of them just realized, oh shit, we have to at least get in the ring for the match to start. Seth threw Dean into the ring, slid into the ring himself, and then they both immediately exited the ring. I can only hope that this match ends up in the men's room and that there's a lady in there. There's a lady! We get a couple of spots that suffer from some timing issues. Seth tries to swing a shovel at Dean, but Dean moved about a half a second too early, so by the time the swing had started, Dean was already gone. Uh, Then Seth has Dean sitting up against some blue cases of some kind. He grabs a rolling cart that is loaded with stage girders, and the cameraman takes the time to shoot straight down the cart through the girders before stepping to the side so that Seth can charge the cart into the cases. And at that point, Dean is literally nowhere to be found. Like, not even moved at the last second. He is not there. I like that Cole felt the need to remind us that steel chairs are legal and that there are no disqualifications in this Falls Count Anywhere match. Harkening back to the opening of the show, Seth Rollins hits the Seth penalty on Dean and is pulled out of the ring by Lashley before the referee can count to three. Lashley hits his big ending type finisher, then a spear, and then Dean pins Seth in the middle of the ring to retain his title. Grade B. This match was going so well. And then Lashley had to show up. Oh well. After the match, Lashley puts Rollins through a table just for shiggles. Leo Rush wearing a t-shirt and black khakis makes him look more like a prepubescent child than ever. Overall grade for Raw, C+. The show had potential and should have been written to knock it out of the park, being the first live Raw since the McMahons shook everything up, but it just it just fell a little flat for me. Onwards to Blue Town, where the... Oh, fuck. I knew I was going to screw that up because I wrote it so stupidly, and I, I kept it in there. But this is your favorite one-take wonder on the Rundown Wrestling Network, so we're going to try it again. Onwards to Blue Town, where the down of smacks reign. What the fuck did I write that for? Daniel Bryan, militant vegan, starts us off by yelling about concession stands. Weird flex, but okay. Daniel comes through the crowd. Someone must have yelled something awful as we get a couple of seconds of dead air. Uh, he is attacked out of nowhere by R-Truth, of all people. Match number one, Daniel Bryan versus R-Truth. Uh, the running knee ends R-Truth. Grade C. There was really nothing here. Why was R-Truth there in the first place? Uh, Daniel is then attacked by AJ Styles near the entrance. So this new WWE is the new Daniel Bryan, the real AJ Styles, the real Seth Rollins. How many other people can they give this gimmick to? Match number two, Rey Mysterio and Mustafa Ali versus Andrade Cien Almas and Samoa Joe. Okay. Let's just go right into the second match then. There was literally nothing between those matches. Uh, Almas ends up pinning Ray after the hammerlock DDT. Grade A. Great stuff here. Uh, Somewhere else, Carmella promises to win tonight. Somewhere else, the Usos promise to defeat the Bar tonight. Miz is upset with Shane since they don't have a tag team title shot. Uh, In the ring, Rusev is sad about how shitty that bump Lana took. Wow, I wrote that strangely. In the ring, Rusev is sad at how shitty the bump that Lana took last week looked. 
Closer. Better. He calls out Shinsuke to pay for his sins. Shinsuke is in the truck for some reason. Oh, he shows us a replay to prove that Lana getting hurt was Rusev's fault. Rusev goes after him but gets crushed by a road case. Somewhere else, Becky tells us why she'll win tonight. Enter the bar. This is Jason's favorite type of match. If the Usos beat the champions, they'll get a tag team title shot down the line. Match number three, the bar versus the Usos. The finish comes when Mandy Rose appears to distract Jimmy, allowing Sheamus to knock him off the apron. Cesaro hits the neutralizer on Jay, and the Usos lose their title shot. Grade B. Very happy to see the challengers lose here. It takes the sheen off of new and different if the Usos win again, I feel. Let's have the club or the sanity. The sanity. Get in there for a change. I'm really fucking everything up this week. Uh, Miz lays down the challenge for the tag team titles. Sheamus accepts by kicking Miz in the face. Uh, meanwhile, Naomi is pissed. Jimmy runs in to break up the fight, yelling, What y'all doing? As though it wasn't his wife who started the fucking fight in the first place. Then, somewhere else, Charlotte tells us why she'll win tonight. Someone needs to explain to her that if Carmella was the hottest thing last year and Becky is the hottest thing this year, that Charlotte cannot possibly be the hottest thing, quote, four years running, unquote, because you weren't the hottest thing last year or this year. If Anyway, <sighs> backstage, Daniel Bryan yells loudly and then the call-up vignettes. Match number four, contendership triple threat, Becky Lynch versus Carmella versus Charlotte. Becky can't win because she has to win the Rumble to face Ronda at Mania. I'm hoping Charlotte doesn't win, new and different, so I'm pulling for Carmella. They tease us with a code of silence early, but Charlotte is able to escape. And then Becky taps Carmella with the disarmor and goes on to face Oscar for the title at the Rumble. Okay, grade A unsurprisingly great match with a nice surprise ending at least for me plenty of teases including a natural selection reminiscent of SummerSlam. but man the man takes home the w tonight oscar enters to face her challenger they yell unintelligibly at each other until we go off the air overall grade for smackdown b plus just like daniel bryan we've had red we've had blue let's have purple 205 live Drake gives us a rundown, and then we dive right in. Match number one, Noam Dar versus Tony Nese. Dar eventually pins Nice thanks to Nice's bravado grade A. Fantastic match with a nice, quick surprise ending. Great start to the show this week. Brian Kendrick then reads a letter from Akira Tozawa. Kendrick, Kendrick legit looks 14 without his facial hair. The submission commission try to convince Drake Maverick to hire decent cruiserweights and not these shitty high flyers. Mike and Maria are then upset with Drake because he hasn't wrestled on the show in five weeks. Mike, that is, not Drake. Leo then selfies about Kalisto. Match number two, Cedric Alexander versus Hideo Itami. If there wasn't already two faces in the Fatal 4-Way at the Rumble, I would pick Cedric easily here. But you gotta balance the sides, you know. Hideo Itami hits a motherfucking falcon arrow off the apron to the floor. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, Itami picks up the pinfall victory and advances to the Rumble match grade B. Very good. I just thought the first match was better. Backstage, Buddy congratulates his opponents but promises to beat them at the Rumble. Overall grade for 205 Live, A-. minus. Very good show. 205 is much better when they don't shove a meaningless squash job in the middle. Last but not least, it's Brand Yellow NXT. We open with a promo from Johnny Gargano. He's acting rather facey out of the blocks here. He promises that there will be no evil DIY reunion, and this feels rather out of character for what we saw the last time we saw him. 
He does like Champa's idea about him taking the North American title from Ricochet at TakeOver, though, and he calls Rick out. I appreciated that, him calling him Rick. Rick promises to keep the belt at TakeOver, and this brings out Champa. Rick, Rick, Rick. Gargano tells uh, him to fuck off, which is Aleister Black's cue. He is on the screen to shit-talk Champa. Everything goes dark, and Aleister is on the ramp behind Champa. There is a brave? Brawl. That was supposed to say brawl. There is a brawl. Gargano uses the distraction of the brawl to superkick Ricochet's teeth out. I type this on my phone, and so autocorrect fucks me sometimes. Uh, that was a bizarre segment as it relates to the character of Johnny Gargano. Match number one, Bianca Belair versus Nikki Cross. I still find it weird that they're going to end Belair's undefeated streak in a title match. Unless they aren't, and then I find it weird that they're taking the title off Baszler. I enjoy that Nikki Cross hits a reverse DDT, and Nigel actually calls it a slop drop. Uh, they tease another double countout, but they make it back to the ring in time. Belair retains her undefeated streak by pinning N- Nikki with the KOB. Grade A. I still think that Bianca is missing something that would put her over the top, but this match was fabulous. Uh, the Street Profits then beatbox and freestyle. I'm guessing this is a backlot at Full Sail and not actually somewhere in like Orlando or wherever the fuck Full Sail is. Uh, I am proven correct when they open one of the doors and there's nothing behind it but a railing and a corrugated steel wall. Match number two, Bartel and Eichner. Eichner versus Huntsman and Watts, maybe? They keep saying the jobbers' names, but I'm just I'm not catching them. Bartel and Eichner are the European Union wasn't that the name of a faction in Road to WrestleMania mode when that was still a thing? It was like Sheamus and Barrett and a couple other people. Uh, European Union win. Shocking. Grade C. Extended squash and they slightly botched the finish. We talked to Keith Lee about Ono attacking Riddle last week. Lee challenges Ono for next week. Match number three, EC3 versus Adam Cole. Undisputed arrogant involved, of course, and Cole is able to pick up the win. Grade A. Unsurprisingly great match. The era continue beating down EC3 until the War Raiders make the save. I cannot wait until they win the titles at TakeOver. Overall grade for NXT is a B+. I get that it's the Farm League, but I wish they would follow 205's lead and ditch the enhancement talent. Overall grade for the week, B-. Another solid showing bolstered by the Wednesday Night Crew. We're still a couple of weeks from TakeOver Phoenix and the Rumble, so join me next week as we continue to be stuck in the traffic jam on the on-ramp to the road to WrestleMania. Leave me some feedback about the show, either on Twitter at NitromaniaPod or uh, by email, NitromaniaPod at gmail.com. Go to RundownWrestling.com to check out the brand new website for the Rundown Wrestling Network. Uh, While you're there, you can submit your predictions uh for uh, nxt takeover sorry nxt uk takeover blackpool which you actually can't because i just remembered that this goes up uh, at midnight on saturday and it was uh, earlier this afternoon so never mind um but uh yeah follow up everything over there on rundownwrestling.com and i will talk to you next weekend right here on making the game lurch